Follow us on Twitter at Sports Radio WNML to keep up with breaking sports news. Now, back to Sports Talk with John Wilkerson and Jimmy Hines on 99.1 The Sports Animal. Welcome back to Sports Talk. I'm Jimmy Himes along with Vince Ferrar. As we come to you from Barley's Tap Room, uh, you can still come by and register for our Bud Light uh, Nashville trip where we're going to give away tickets so you can go see a concert, see an NHL game, see an NFL game, and have, have $750 in expenses to spend over there. So a great prize for you. Come by and register. we still got the foot basketball time in Tennessee magazines. Uh, we got sports animal caps. We've got cups. We've got koozies. Come by and check it out. Pleased to be joined now by Brent Hubs of AllQuest.com. His appearance brought to you by Diversified Enclosures and Screens. From design to installation, they got you covered. Brent, how you doing? I'm doing great. Hope you guys are. We are. Thank Good. you. Uh, Tennessee this weekend, as far as visitors, will they have many recruits in? Uh, I don't think so, Jimmy. I, I think it'll be pretty slow um, this weekend. you got a night game against a, a non-league opponent. Um, some kids are still in the high school playoff scene. You know, they, they they might have a couple guys come in for for unofficials, but but I don't expect anything like we, what we saw last weekend. Last weekend was a was a pretty nice weekend for Tennessee. Uh, we, we'll see. I mean, Justin Williams is the tailback from down in Georgia who has been committed to West Virginia. He was here last weekend. He decommitted uh, from West Virginia last night. Could he come back up for an unofficial back-to-back weeks? I guess it's possible that that could happen, but uh, you know we'll, we'll see. Um, what that looks like, uh, I, I don't. I just don't get the sense that it's going to be, um, you know, it, guys like you had last week. You had Cody Jones in last week, and um, you had James Pierce from over in, in Charlotte, North Carolina. I mean, you had a good number of guys in last week. Pretty solid weekend of visitors. So I, I think this one will be a little less, given the the time of the game and given the opponent. I was asked to ask you about this. Uh, is Tennessee interested in the the uh, transfer from Clemson, Lynn J. Dixon? I don't think so. I mean, Lynn J. was here for a game on his own. Um, he just came by to watch Tennessee. I think he likes Tennessee, but I, I don't think that's a direction Tennessee's going to go um, at this point in time. I'm not saying they won't take a, a transfer running back, uh, depending on what the running back room you know ends up looking like. But uh, I think right now that. Um, that, you know they got the kid committed from Louisiana, and I think Justin Williams is kind of the big name right now that that everybody's you know kind of caught up in. His stock has has soared pretty good, and Auburn's in that, Tennessee's in that, and um, I, I like I like where Tennessee's at. I think he's got a pretty good relationship with Tennessee right now. What do you like about Justin Williams? I, I think he's complete. You know, he's not undersized. He's not the littlest guy. I, I think that the Josh Hype on his staff like um, like a guy with a little bit more size. Um, you know, and, and and he's not a heavy running back by any means, but he, he's got quite a bit of power about him. I, I think he's a, I, I think he's a pretty complete back when, when you look at him overall. So I, I think that's probably the one thing. And, and yeah, he's very effective. I mean, you know, he's he's been very productive, plays at a good level of, of football in the state of Georgia. A uh, guy who's just continued to get better and better. Um, I, I think that's a guy that Tennessee liked early in the process. Uh, West Virginia jumped on jumped on him and offered him early, and, and he jumped on that offer. But I think Tennessee and Jerry Mack have just kind of continued to plug away and hammer away there. And getting him into town last weekend was a big weekend. It was a big deal. Defensive back Christian Harrison of College Park, Georgia, the son of NFL player Rodney Harrison, has uh, narrowed it down to Tennessee, Florida, and Nebraska. You like Tennessee's chances? Uh, you know, I, I, I think so. Uh, I mean, Florida's obviously got some issues right now. We, we know we, we're not sure what's going to happen there. Nebraska seems like it's a little bit far away. Uh, he's been here on a visit, so 
that that would you know it would make some sense. I think Tennessee's going to go pretty heavy in the in the defensive back rankings in the defensive back world, but you know, they got a couple of junior college players they're involved in as well. Cody Jones is a, a defensive back from out in Memphis they're involved in. So that board's probably of all the positions might look like the deepest board um, on Tennessee's. Uh, you know, recruiting board right now. So how how some of those guys shake out, how all that shakes out, um, you know, it's going to be interesting. But I think when you look at the three finalists, Tennessee makes the most sense for Harrison right now. I'm not saying he's coming to Tennessee, but when, when you look at the fact that Florida doesn't have a defensive coordinator, um, you're not sure what's going to happen with Dan Mullen. Uh, Scott Frost has obviously got the extra year. They they you know they've said that, but nobody. Feels like he's on the firmest of, of foundations and the firmest of footings. So, uh, when you look at those two things, Tennessee would seem to make the most sense. If you have a question or a comment for Brent Hub, six five six ninety nine hundred one eight six 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 five six ninety nine hundred. Brent, who are the guys uh, that are on the Tennessee commit list that have had the best high school seasons this year? That you know you think can use that or maybe their their stock has risen because of it well i mean i think taven jackson's had a good year you know that's a guy who's going to be a midterm enrollee um who's uh, i think is having a, a solid year uh, across the board um i, I, li- I like taven um you know I, I think he's got a chance to come in and, and make some noise as a midterm enrollee and He's been down here multiple times helping Tennessee recruit. I tell you who's had a really good last month or so is this Charles Nimrod, the wide receiver from over in Bentonville, Arkansas. He, not that he's had a bad year, but he's he's found a different gear the last few weeks. I mean, he, he's a guy who has really, in, in my opinion, has played well. Cameron Miller has had, or Cam Miller's had an unbelievable year out in Memphis um, in, in terms of production. Jordan Phillips is down about 30 pounds from when he committed to Tennessee. Uh, he, he looks really good right now uh, from a physical standpoint. Um, and then I think Elijah Herring is a guy who's going to come in and, and have a chance to, to help immediately on special teams. And obviously Tennessee's got need at the linebacker position, so there's going to be opportunities there for him. I, I think he's a really good player as well. But in terms of going to be surprise guys, Nimrod for me is a surprise just in terms of his production over in Arkansas. He's been really, really good uh, for that Bentonville team the last – all year, but really the last four or five weeks, he's put up some really big numbers. You mentioned Jackson being an early enrollee. Who are some of the others in this commit? Group oh right gosh, now? I mean, that, that, there's there's more that probably are than probably not. Um, okay. You know, Cam Miller's supposed to be an early enrollee. Addison Nichols. Um, you know, there, there's there's several guys who are who are looking at being early enrollees, and, and I think we'll end up being being guys who come in early. Um, and then we'll see what you know what do they look like and. Do they think of junior college guys who are some early enrollees? I mean, the way it's going right now, I mean, I think you'll end up with you'll end up with probably eight or ten early enrollees when it's all said and done. Is there a trend in that area in college football? Do you think, or is it just year to year, up and down? No, I think it's a trend. I mean, I think it's moving in that direction. Block scheduling in high school, you know, where you get to. You know, you you get a full class credit for a semester's worth of work allows you the opportunity to work ahead, um, and, and you can be a, a guy who can graduate a semester early without too much difficulty anymore. Um, it, it's not, 
some high schools around the country are still really hesitant about it, but but most high schools set it up to where you can you can do that now. And, and I think a lot of kids who are not multi-sport athletes, who are not hanging around for baseball, they're not hanging around for wrestling or or, or basketball, whatever. Um, you know, and we're seeing a lot more specialized guys. I, I just think it makes a lot of sense for for kids to to do that. I think that. Um, they can still go back to their prom if they want to. They can still go back and walk in graduation. College coaches are very open to that. But to get uh, a winner in the weight room, to, to get spring practice under your belt, I just think kids feel like it gives them an, an ample and an, a, a real opportunity to get on the field earlier. So I, I think that trend is growing uh, beyond quarterbacks. I think that trend will continue to grow. I don't see it slowing down at all. Brent, what did you think of uh, ESPN's Mel Kiper ranking Hendon Hooker the number seven NFL quarterback prospect? I was more dumbfounded by seeing a report out there where somebody, maybe it's Kuyper's, got three quarterbacks projected to go in the first round. I mean, I, I just I have a hard time seeing three quarterbacks <laughs> taken in the first round of the NFL draft. Not the best group. Um, no, I mean, I just don't think it's that deep of a quarterback class. So that that part surprises me. And I think because of where this quarterback class is, um, I, I think Hendon Hooker and the production he's got, his name is going to continue to show up there. Now, if you look at those things, and, and this is not a knock on, knock on Mel Kuyper, I, I think that for, for television and, and for – attention and clicks and all those things you see a lot of movement on a lot more movement on those boards than you used to see years ago you know a, a guy moves up and down and you know your top 10 is different this week than it was last week and your first round projection changes a lot because if it doesn't change a lot is anybody really interested in what your first round draft pick or your first you know your selections look like um but uh, you know what does the nfl think of hendon hooker um i don't know i, I think the nfl is trying to figure hendon hooker out you know, he's pretty productive, but uh, he wasn't the most productive at Virginia Tech, so kind of what's going on there. Rob has made this point on our podcast multiple times. I think it's a really interesting point when you think and look at what's Hendon Hooker going to do. One of the factors with Hendon Hooker is he'll be 24 years old next year, mm-hmm. and so he would be a 24-year-old college senior. How much does that affect you in making your decision, um, you know, versus being a 21-year-old junior looking to make a decision on whether to leave or come back for another year because i mean at 21 years of age you're 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 working through your first contract when you turn 24 25 years old you're you're getting a late start as a 24 year old or a 25 year you would be a a rookie as a 25 year old now it's a position that you can be that you know that age it's not a big deal um so i think he has to look at that i think he will look at that and i think the other question he has to ask himself is uh, how much better can I help myself coming back for another year versus where I'm projected to go right now? Do you think that Hooker is a better NFL prospect than was Josh Dobbs? What's well, a good question? Um, I, I think that Hendon Hooker is, because of this offense and the way that they um, do things and throw the ball, I think he probably is showing himself um, – better as a thrower than than Dobbs did I think the one knock on Josh Dobbs going into the end of the year senior year was you know could he do anything could he make all the throws that you wanted him to make Um, and and I think there's probably still some of that question with with Hooker but they're throwing it more effectively uh, than than they did with Dobbs in terms of different routes and different things that they're doing Um, I think there'll be some similarities you know drawn in there 
Um, the one thing about Hendon Hooker is he did have some success at Virginia Tech before he was injured. That's a different offense than he's playing now, so I don't know that somebody would label him a system guy or something to that effect. Uh, but I think there will be a lot of questions about Hendon Hooker. The one advantage that Hendon Hooker has uh, for this is it's just not – I don't think it's a great year for quarterbacks in the draft. I, I don't. I'm just not – I'm not sold on. I'm not real sold on the kid at Liberty. I'm not saying he's a bad player, but I don't know. Um, Matt Corral's not the biggest guy in the world. Uh, I know that trend is changing a little bit in, in the NFL, where you're not necessarily playing with a true dropback guy. But you know, where does he fit into the college game? Um, every time I every time I really start to like Kenny Pickett, he throws some and does some things where I go, "What in the world was that?" You know, and um, you know, I think there's some NFL people that like a lot of things about Kenny Pickett. Probably needs to be a little bit more consistent than, than he was. I mean, he and I know it came a deluge at the end of that game, but even before the heavy rains came, he threw a couple of balls in that North Carolina game that were like, "What in the world are you? Where are you going with the ball? That doesn't. You got to lead, protect the game. You know what? What? What are you doing there? He's had a couple of head scratching moments like that this year where he, he's kind of forced the ball a little bit. He's been a little, bit, a little bit reckless with it, but I still think he's overall the best prospect at the quarterback position in this draft for me. Vince, would you would you lean toward um, uh, Hooker over Dobbs because w- he's a little bit better passer, more accurate passer? I would the the passing the not only the accuracy but the ability to make all the throws and to do it, I think at a more consistent rate. Now, what Hooker may get docked a little bit is Tennessee doesn't really do a whole lot over the middle of the field, so that's something that you have to be able to do in the NFL where are those tight window throws in the middle of the field on tape. So that might be a little bit of a question for him. Um, and Brent was talking about the age thing. The age is definitely a factor for the kid. And, yeah, you're starting your clock a little bit later in the NFL. I also think that's a negative for the National Football League to get a guy a little bit older. Now, unless you're Joe Burrow <laughs> and you put yeah. up Joe Burrow type of numbers, I think they'll overlook it for that. But otherwise, right. now you're you're adding a few years uh, to you, and I think that takes away a little bit. But I, I would say that uh, that Hooker, because of the passing, would have more of an advantage. Dobbs, another thing in his favor is he had a little bit longer track record of productivity where it, it made a big jump this year, and then people want to know why it came together this year, which still has happened for other quarterbacks. Our guest, Brent Hubbs of AllQuest.com, is appearance brought to you by Diversified Enclosures and Screens. To join us, 656-9900, 1-866-656-9900. Let's go to Dever. Dever, you're on with Brent Hubbs. Uh, Good evening, Brent. How are you doing this evening? My name is Devin. Yes, sir. I'm sorry. (laughs) Uh, no, right. I, um, my question is, after swinging and missing pretty much on Walter Nolan in this, uh, on the recruiting trail, who is the defensive get that we can kind of hang our hat on in our 2022 uh, class, or who can we look towards landing on the defensive side who would kind of like solidify what we're trying to do on the defensive side of the ball under Rodney Garner and uh, Scott? And I'll hang up and listen. Appreciate it. Um, it's a good question. For, for me, that, that guy is, 
um, the junior college player from Independence Community College in, in Kansas, who's originally from France, and uh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna mess with his name, uh, but th- but that's the that's the guy. Um, no no offense, but that that's the guy that um, I, I think I think he's the that you know a priority and, and is a big time for Tennessee. He's physically more mature now. He's still pretty raw in the game of football, but that's a guy that, that Tennessee has offered, and I think Tennessee's got a decent shot at and, and is involved there for sure. Then I think you'd look at some transfers, too. I, I think Tennessee, when you talk about positions in the transfer portal, I think you'll see Tennessee be active in the transfer portal on the defensive line after the season is over. I don't think that there's anybody in the portal at this point, uh, but my guess is there'll be a guy or two that will end up going in the portal that Tennessee will look at. And then, you know, what what does Tennessee get back? I mean, Latrell Bumpus has not played the last couple of weeks. He's only played uh, in four football games this year, and that he didn't. He was, I think he was healthy enough to play the last two weeks, did not play, which – Makes me wonder if that's not a direction Tennessee's going to try to go to see if they can get him to come back. Yep. If they could get him to come back, Jimmy, that would be a nice feather in their cap if he can stay healthy because yep. I think he's a guy you know, who could help them. And then I think you may see a couple of young kids these last couple of weeks that you haven't seen who are going to end up redshirting, but they haven't played four games. So do we see a Bryson Eason and kind of see where he's at um, you know, and, and that type of thing? As for Walter... Um, I think Walter still I – mean, he was here this past weekend. Uh, I still think there's a chance he takes an official visit to Tennessee. He might go back to A&M instead uh, for, for another visit. But um, Austin Price says it best. I, I'm not counting anything completely done on Walter Nolan until there's some, some ink on a paper uh, on, on signing day to say where he's going. My guess is it's Texas A&M, and that's where he ends up. Uh, but um, that one's been full of twists and turns, so we'll see where that finishes out at the end. I think the JUCO player is Jeffrey Emba. There you go. And he's at Independence uh, Kansas Community College. You mentioned France. He's from Congo, played in France, had to sit out a junior college year, right, because they didn't play, uh, not this year but last year. So it's been an interesting uh, adventure for him. But he's a highly thought player, isn't he? Yeah, good athlete, got good size, um, and, and I think that's a guy that Rodney Garner likes a great deal. All right, let's go to Steve. Steve, you're on with Brent Hubbs. Hey, fellas. Hey. Hey. Brent, uh, the running back had transferred to UT from Knoxville College. Uh, Burns, that's the name. Is there any way that he could be there next year or is this definitely his last year at Tennessee? Are you talking about Marcus Pierce from Maryville College? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I do that all the time. Yeah, I'm talking about Pierce. Yeah. Sorry. Um... I don't. I mean, I don't. I don't think so, Jimmy. I mean, I, I think this is it for Marcus Pierce. Um, okay, I knew they said but, but, he was a but, senior, but I thought I, well, he might. I don't know. I mean, I, you know, I, Josh Heupel was asked this today, and I think it's a fair question. How do you keep up with who's got a who's got a super senior year available, who doesn't have a super senior year available, right. and, and all of those things? But right. um, I, I don't. I don't see him being a factor next year if he's here. Okay. Okay, because I had the impression he was really quick. Uh, might become a good player if he's still around. Uh, well, okay then. Well, yeah, I got another question. Uh, besides the kid he's just talking about, and he talked a little bit about Nolan and, and the junior college kid he's talking about, France, is there anybody else? Well, you think going to easily, you think easily will ever be big enough to be a defensive line type? I think oh, that's that. I don't think he's going to have any trouble being big enough. I don't think that's an issue. 
I don't think that's an issue at all. I mean, he's probably pushing close to 300 pounds. So uh, size is not going to be a concern for Bryson Eason in, in terms of being a defensive lineman. I think I think for Bryson, it's more about learning how to play the position because he's always played in space. You know, as a middle linebacker, he's always he, he's not had anybody ride on him immediately, and, and that's something that's been a challenge for him is playing in close space like that. So, uh, but no, size is not going to be an issue for him to play to be an inside interior defensive lineman. If you want to join us, 656-9900-1-866-656-9900. Let's go to the phones where Joe is our next caller. Joe, you're on with Brent Hubs. Hey, guys. How are you this evening? Doing fine. Thank you. Um, no, I was just – most of the time, you know, I don't know as much as you guys about stuff like football, but I disagree uh, with the comment about Hendon Hooker being too old. I just – Consider the average age of Super Bowl winning quarterbacks over the last few years, and I I think NFL quarterbacks don't start getting good until they get a little bit of age on them. And to expect somebody to come in, I mean Peyton Manning, he was probably going to be the first round draft pick if he'd come out after his freshman, sophomore, junior, or senior year, and he wasn't that good the first two or three years. He was in the well, he was good, he just wasn't successful. So. I think that age would be a positive as opposed to a negative, as Vince pointed out, with regard to an NFL quarterback. And I'll hang up and listen to your comments. Thank yeah, you. I will say I okay. will say this. Thank you. None of us said that he was too old. We said that age is a factor, both for the player, in that you're now at an age where you would be looking ahead, like Brent pointed out, maybe your second contract. And two, for the NFL, they like to have younger guys that they can develop. And um, and that is looked down upon, whether you, you agree with it or not, or whether the reality is veteran quarterbacks get to the Super Bowl, that still is a lesser amount of time that they have that value, Brent. Well, I mean, I, I think you'd have to have experience in the league to get to the Super Bowl. I don't think you see a lot of rookie quarterbacks going to the Super Bowl. Um so whether you're 24, you're 21, you're a rookie, you're a rookie. Um, you know, I mean, Joe Burrow's still a rookie learning to play. He, he's not seasoned enough to be or a second-year player, not seasoned enough to be what you would call an upper echelon quarterback at this point, uh, and he's in his mid-20s. He's older than Lamar Jackson. Right, you know, <laughs> and, and so, you know, that's that's the point is whether you're whether your rookie year is when you're 21 or you're 24 you're still a rookie and in the NFL you have to learn to play at that level particularly at the quarterback position and so what are the chances you know that are, are you in better shape as a four-year player when you're 28 versus being a four-year player when you're 24 or 25 I, I think that's the point it, it's not the you know, I think the age the age thing is more of a question mark that that Hendon Hooker has to look at. Do I want to start my NFL career now, or can yeah. I come back a year later and really better my chances in the draft to where I'm better off being a 25 year old rookie versus a 24 year old rookie? Now, if you're sitting there and you're going, I'm going to be a fifth round pick as a 24 year old now, or I'm going to be a fifth round pick as a, as a year from now. That's a different, you know, that that's part of the decision making process. If you can pull a Kenny Pickett 
and you can come back and, and up yourself by three rounds in the draft, which is what I think Kenny Pickett's going to do. Kenny Pickett made a heck of a decision. He made the best decision of anybody in college football yep. uh, in terms of deciding to come back because he's going to make that much more money because he's moved that far up in the draft rankings. Um, and I think that's the question that you have to look at if you're Hendon Hooker. I think that's a little easier decision to make if you're 20 or 21 years old trying to make that decision versus somebody who's older trying to decide, hey, how much can I really help myself in a year? I also think that maybe uh, it's not as big of an issue if you're talking about lower rounds for from the NFL standpoint. For the kid, yes, it doesn't change anything because you're trying to start that clock. But for the NFL, it's a matter of investment. So then, yeah, higher in the draft, then they might look at age differently. But middle rounds, I don't think they would look at it as much. And does Hendon Hooker have the access to Peyton Manning to help get some sure. some content yeah. from the from the NFL? Because Kenny Pickett certainly. Yeah, does. I mean, I'm, and I'm sure Hendon Hooker is going to look at every resource known to man out there and talk to everybody he can talk about it. And again, I think the, the age thing I threw out there is is something that I, I think is unique because he is an older player. I think the biggest question any guy. Any any player who's deciding whether to come back or or forego, how much can I help myself by coming back? So so the question is, what does the draft board look like? What what's it projected to look like in the twenty three draft compared to the twenty two draft? It's not a great board in the twenty two draft. Is it gonna is there gonna be a bunch of underclassmen who are gonna come out and change things? I mean, part of the reason why Kitty and Pickett made the greatest decision of anybody in college athletics was because he looked up and he saw Justin Fields and he saw right. uh, you know, Trevor Lawrence and he saw what that draft board looked like and he said, Wait a minute, if I come back for another year, those guys are gonna be out of the way. Okay, so I, I'm returning I'm the fifth best quarterback in the draft who's gonna get drafted no higher than somewhere in the third round. Or I can come back and I can be the first or second quarterback taken in the draft and might end up in the first round. Now, can Hendon Hooker do that? Could he go from seven to two? I don't know. That's a decision he has to gather the information on and make that decision and go from there. You mentioned Kenny Pickett. He's helped himself immensely. Uh, Joe Burrow was going to be, a, what, a sixth or a seventh round pick? And now he had a sensational year yeah. and he became the first pick. So that's rare. Yeah. You don't sit, but if you want to gamble on yourself. Again, how much – I mean, gambling on yourself versus what's the risk. And, and what I mean by that is how much could you really improve your stock. And I think that's what you're all trying to figure out. Joe Burrow is the – to me, the exception, exception uh, to anything because he went from not playing at all <laughs> to being that pick thanks to Joe Brady and a bunch of players and just getting to play. Well, he played the year before. He just didn't play at that level. He was a right. starting quarterback. Yeah, right? uh, but, but, I mean – Nobody was – I mean, everybody thought he was going to get bumped out by Justin Fields. or I mean, he wasn't going to keep his job, so nobody up there felt like he was the man. I mean, he was the starter the year before who was in a quarterback battle to keep his starting job. I'm talking about he, he started at LSU for a year before he made yeah, the huge he, he jump. Did. Yeah, he did. That's, yeah. You're right. He yeah. did. Um, but, but, again, those are the exceptions to, to – I mean, he's the greatest exception to that rule. Yes. I mean, um, but, again, can you come back and, and – and help yourself, sure. How much can you come back and help yourself? 
Uh, and then you have the rare occasions like Peyton, and, and the caller's right. Peyton was going to be the first pick. He didn't want to go play for whoever was drafting that year before, so he decided to Jets? stay in school. Yeah, he didn't want to go play in New York. Yet Eli did want to go play in New yep. York. I never really quite understand <laughs> stood that one. But anyway, um, I, I think that was part of the decision-making process and deciding to, to, to come back. So there's lots of factors, particularly at the quarterback position, in, in making that making that choice uh, on whether or not you come back or go. The biggest for Hendon Hooker is how much could he improve in stock by returning for another year? What weapons you're going to have back yeah. around you? There's lots of variables that go into that decision making yeah, process. Absolutely, um, Brennan. Regard to uh, Tennessee this year, they uh, are surely headed to a a bowl game. How how would you grade ten games in? The job that Heupel and the staff have done. I think they've done a really good job. Um, you know, the, the, I think this offense is has taken off faster than than we thought. Um, maybe it took them a little longer to kind of figure out who all of their best weapons were and how to use them all, Jimmy. I mean, you know, moving Valus Jones into the slot, I think, elevated this offense quite a bit. It, it took them a few games to get to there. Obviously, you know, the situation with Hendon Hooker at quarterback. Uh, not being the starter and, and in where he's at now, um, but 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 I mean I I think that I think this team's been fun to watch. I think this team has gotten better. I think they're enjoying playing. I think they play with really good effort. Uh, they've not been as good defensively the last three weeks against better competition. They still have exceeded my expectations for the whole for the whole right. ten games on what I thought they would be defensively. I, I just did not think they were going to be very good defensively. Have they been great? No, they have not. Ha, but have they been better than I thought they would be? Yes. Have they been exposed some the last three weeks? Yes. Do I think they'll play better the last two weeks against weaker offenses? Yes, I do. Uh, but I think overall Tim Banks and that staff on the defensive side of the ball have done a really nice job because we didn't have any idea in August what they would be. What was their identity? What were they trying to be? And they've had a solid year. I mean, you know, I think I think fans have enjoyed watching this team play. I think they have. I have said that I think offensively it's easier to take players that are not as highly rated and, and build around and be productive. Harder to do on defense. I think they've got to recruit some studs on defense. They've got to get some really good players. Do you see it that way as well? I think defensively it's very hard to out-scheme people. Yeah. And, and I think that's what you're saying. You've mm-hmm. got to have talent. This defense has to get faster. They've got to get more athletic in some spots. And, and I think that, that you have to be able to do that. And I think more, more than ever, because of all the spread offenses, you have to be really athletic on defense. Because there's mm-hmm. just – you can't – with everybody going as fast as they're going, you cannot counter every you know, substitution, every – formation realignment i mean you think about this you've you got some teams that can line up with an h back or they can go two tight ends keep the same personnel on the field and the next play they're they're in a, a an empty backfield spread formation okay you, you to, to counter that defensively you don't have a scheme because you can't make a substitution okay i mean if the team's going fast you, you got to be able to athletically match up in space and, and i think more than ever, the premium is on athletic ability on the defensive side of the ball, even over some football instincts, football IQ, you know, knowledge and, and, and complicated schemes. You just got to act athletically be able to play sideline to sideline. Brent, Tennessee basketball, they're off to a nice start. They got Villanova uh, this weekend in Connecticut. Your thoughts on Rick Barnes' team? Uh, you know, I like like what you see offensively. Uh, love Kennedy Chandler. I think everybody should enjoy and soak in every minute that you get a chance to watch him. 
defensively, they've got to be better. Um, you know, the, the, and that's going to be a question mark, I think, for them for a while is how well do they protect the rim? How do they become rim protectors? They don't have great shot blockers. Um, you know, can they rebound the basketball and, and can they defend around the rim against some size and, and dribble penetration? I, I thought Fulkerson helped them against ETSU. Uh, his ball screen defense I thought was really good. Uh, but, you know, that that's the area that I think they've got a chance to get exposed a little bit, which is okay. I mean, you better not be playing your best basketball right now anyway. But they're going to have to grow defensively. Um, but I, li- I like a lot of the parts. I like what they have to work with, and I like what they're doing offensively. I think you'll see them continue to shoot the three ball and continue to try to put a lot of pressure on teams that way, which should open up the middle for Fulkerson more and more as you go. And, um be Tennessee for a little bit more of a, a, a tougher team to defend, I think, because of the three the three ball that they're shooting. With Fulkerson back in the lineup, Tennessee takes 23 three-point attempts. Without him, they were taking over or at least 40. Do you think we'll see that number somewhere between 23 and 40 going forward with I, Fulkerson? In I the mean, lineup? I, I think this team is going to – I think they're going to shoot 33s a night. I think they're going to be around 33s. Um, you know, now some nights – Depending on who they're playing, depending on how somebody's playing them, the ball may go inside more. Um, and, you know, but I think they'll play inside out. Um, and, and I think that, that Rick Barnes wants his guys shooting threes. I mean, I do. I think now it, with Fulkerson in the lineup, he's going to want more inside touches and, and, again, play inside out where they reverse the ball that way. Uh, but but overall, I, I think Rick Barnes is going to be mad if guys are passing up open jump shots, um, open three-point shots. I think that's been – I think that's pretty clear – on kind of who they are and what they're going to be. They want everybody to come out and force, be forced to defend that line because it just opens up the court so much more. You can't pack it in on Tennessee. That frees Kennedy Chandler up to get to the rim on a dribble drive. Uh, you could drive and kick and, and play a lot of different way. You know, a lot of different style of basketball that way. I think that's the way Rick Barnes really would like to play, and, and I think that's the way they will play. What can we look forward to on Valquest? Well, we got a matchup piece up this afternoon to get you ready for Tennessee and South Alabama. More recruiting stuff uh, later today and, and throughout the weekend as well. Uh, some more basketball stuff. We've got uh, comments from Tony Vitello, who visited with the media today about kind of wrapping up fall ball. Uh, we'll have the War Room tomorrow. Uh, we got our mailbag podcast up now. I'll have 10 things, I think. I think plenty of stuff to get you ready for Tennessee and South Alabama as Tennessee looks to try to get bowl eligible uh, Saturday night and uh, take on an interesting South Alabama team. Probably looking for a little off- offensive identity with the injuries they're dealing with there. But they got a really good receiver, and they've been really opportunistic defensively in terms of forcing turnovers. So we'll see how Tennessee goes uh, in a game that everybody assumes they're going to win very handily Saturday night. Brent, we appreciate it. Thanks, Thank guys. you for joining appreciate us. Appreciate it. Brent Hubs, VolQuest.com's appearance brought to you by Diversified Enclosures and Screen from Designed Installation. They got you covered. Hey, when we come back, it'll be the sports fix at 6. We've also got a Tennessee football practice report, and we'll hear from Tennessee football players and or coaches. Sports Talk 99.1, the sports animal. 